0: Awesome this podcast is recorded on the traditional TNT, lands of the Wiradjuri people. The weekly podcast was, where we rewrite, recap, we pay our and to the elders and talk about how and the themes, concept, and characters could be used in different role-playing games. I am your host, Jeremy, and I am joined by my lovely co-host Elise, who is currently swapping hand cream secrets with Thing, the the disembodied hand.
1: <laughs> I mean, look, I don't know if I would because, to be honest, his hand looks. Manky, I mean his hand. He looks manky. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think I might, I might pass on that hand cream tip.
0: Everyone says it's very soft.
1: Well, look, maybe it is, but it still looks fez.
0: <laughs> fez. Fez is an interesting term because I <laughs> always heard it came from Festa, as in Uncle Festa.
1: Oh no, I thought it came from Feral.
0: Oh, okay. That's interesting. Maybe it was one of those things where it did, did come from feral and my school took it the wrong way. So we became it became <laughs> festy.
1: Unless I'm just dumb. But yeah, no, I like, but festy is different. Like you can definitely use festy. Yeah. Oh. Like, as in, sorry, festy is different to fez. Um, so, festy you can still use to describe something that's definitely like similar along a similar vein. But, fez, I thought was like feral.
0: You're probably that's right, then, because I'd never heard of Fez, save from you.
1: <laughs> well, then I guess I am right, because clearly I've just made it up.
0: <laughs> there you go. Making up <laughs> words across the world. I just love that Festy, as a, a phrase, has entered the Australian vernacular, thanks to the Adams family.
1: I mean, is it thanks to the Adams family?
0: Assumed it was. I mean, Fester is kind of a thing that, like, stuff does without any reference to Uncle Fester.
1: Exactly. So that's what it's from. Oh, okay. However, yeah. due to the nature of this podcast, we can definitely make a claim that it has come from Uncle Festa and the Addams Family.
0: Now, speaking of Uncle Festa, I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Would you watch an Uncle Festa spin-off, like just his show where he goes around committing crimes? No. Really? I think that could make yes. it work. I think it could be like a leverage type thing where it's like each week he's trying to rip someone else off.
1: Yeah, but I don't... No, thank you.
0: <laughs> unless, <laughs> it's unless are not interested.
1: Literally, unless she's gonna guest star every week and then maybe like take her over the episode. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not interested. Um, I'd yeah, watch I, a duo.
0: I, I'd watch a duo show with them.
1: Oh, well, I'd just rather watch wins. I just rather watch her show. I don't want to watch Uncle Fester's show. Oh
0: well, yeah, I'm thinking <laughs> there was um Franklin and Bash where they had like their what do you call the legal person who goes around and like the legal investigator who would okay. like get all the dirt on the, on the, on the cases. That's what uh-huh. Festa would be like the investigator who goes off and has like weird, weird adventures that you never see, but it's still Wednesday's show where she tries to solve a mystery.
1: I mean, maybe I feel like he'd go off to get the dirt on people. And unfortunately he would get bored uh, and then probably create said dirt just to speed the process along. Um, but that could be funny in a way that Wednesday has to, you know, constantly mop up his um, mistakes. I suppose.
0: Sure, I don't think he makes mistakes. He just does shenanigans.
1: Well, okay, not. But I mean, it, it's a mistake if he's creating dirt on people.
0: That's true. Because then if it's he's not just like have the case. Ruining the legal system. Yeah, because exactly. Funny. I, I feel like Wednesday's not really a lawyer type.
1: Well, look.
0: In Mortician. This,
1: in this imaginary yeah. world, I'm happy to just say, "Fuck off, Uncle Vesta," and let's <laughs> stick with the Wednesday show. <laughs> or Wednesday, or MD. actually. You know what? I'll give you. I'll give you a prequel with mm. um, Gomez and Morticia back in high school, back at Nevermore oh, Academy. Yeah. I'll give yeah, you that.
0: That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'd watch the hell out of that.
1: Yeah, I would watch that too. That would be cool.
0: Like. And that actually comes into our, our first question because this is the wrap up for the first season of Wednesday uh, that was on Netflix uh, where we talk just about general themes and ideas from the show and like some of the stuff that we could bring in. But we also answer questions from um, from listeners, which you can send in too if you send it through to dndntvpod at gmail.com. Um, but someone has written in. This one's coming in from Hogwarts Dropout. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it says, would you like to have adventures? I'm assuming role-playing adventures rather than just regular real-life ones. Oh, it is. Are uh, adventures in a school similar to Nevermore or even an entire campaign in it?
1: And... Um, well, thank you, oh. Hogwarts Dropout, for that question. Um, great yeah. question. I'm sure... I, don't, I can't speak from any experience or knowledge, <laughs> really. I'm sure there are probably... Um, um, what's the word? Role-playing games? <gasps> Yeah, but there's um, there's, a, there's a word, is, is it system? Module. I don't know. I'm sure there's a system out there that is possibly set in a school or or maybe is based around, um, you know, a school with sort of creatures and different abilities. Like, surely that exists out there. Um, that does exist but... out there.
0: There's a game called Kids on Brooms, which is basically okay. playing in a, a, game, a world where you're at a magical school or a magical academy.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, I would be happy to to play in something like that. I feel like that would be fun. Um, Do you think
0: that would be fun for just one or two adventures? Because they're saying an entire campaign. I know there was the Strixhaven module that came out from Wizards of the Coast a while back, where it is all set at a magical university. And it's oh. like, you've got classes and exams you've got to go to, but it's also about, you know, you have to get a job in the coffee shop.
1: Oh, and- oh God. I- Okay, no, I reckon i don't I don't feel like I'd be up for a whole campaign. I feel like mm-hmm. I would be up for maybe a one shot or maybe a session over like a couple of weeks or something. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like God, it's just making me feel like it's like you just playing the sims, you know and going down exactly. like career mode and <laughs>
0: Some people like that. Some people are into oh, just playing the Sims. Don't get me
1: wrong. I loved the Sims. I loved the shit out of the Sims and spent many hours playing it. Um, but I feel like I'd just go play that instead of this, if that makes sense.
0: I did have a group one time that spent 45 minutes in the line to get their, um, their party's bar or liquor license.
1: <laughs> Jesus.
0: mean, to too fair? There was other stuff going on as well, like, the person behind them in line was being racist and the person in front was like trying to create what causes the ruckus and it was like there was stuff going on but they're like we're gonna <laughs> go and deliver this license i'm like all right there's like demons and shit around but that's uh um, okay <laughs> yeah, let's sure. replay that I'm, that's, okay, you, that's, okay, that's your priority yeah <laughs> but i i can see it working if you treat it like the campaign as the whole book like i'm thinking harry potter because that's kind of the as many problems as it has. But each chapter has its own little arc. Like it's got a problem and then it's got a solution by the end of it. And then it's kind of bleeding onto the next part. And that's sort of what this does as well. So you could have it where it's a series of one shot adventures with the same characters. And at the end, it's the mm. end of the school. Year. So it's like, Hey, this time you're going to the ball and all yeah. the shenanigans around that. And then you're like, cool. We won't play for another month or two. And then you have another one. And it's like, it's the, the house cup. Yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, and then by the end you've had a campaign and you've like graduated and it's like these characters are now done, but you haven't actually had to sit down and be like, okay, and now at the start you're gonna learn this evil villain's plan yeah. and <laughs> yeah. you have to go through you're gonna have to have the classes. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it feels more fun to sneak out of a class and have to attend a class. Sure. Maybe, that, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just how I do it.
1: <laughs> but I, look, I was unfortunately, or, or maybe not unfortunately, I don't know, but I was a bit of a goody-two-shoes, so hard for me to relate.
0: Fair, fair. Now, I know you've read the um, Naomi Novik Scholomance series. Only the first book. Having but- read that, would you <laughs> want a school like that for adventures? This is one where there's monsters in the school trying to kill you and there's no teachers and you're just kind of just trying to survive.
1: I feel like I would prefer that.
0: Yeah. That sounds Um, like a really fun game.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like I would prefer that to you know, a more Harry Potter-esque one. Um, because mm. I feel like it, I really enjoy combat and I feel like you'd get m you'd get more combat in this sort of school. Um, but with still obviously room for social encounters and, you know, um, you know, building relationships and, and stuff like that. So I feel like that would kind of suit my play style better.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I do wonder because combat is such a big thing for you. Mm. um as a player which i'm very aware of i, I was threatened dear listeners i was threatened <laughs> just the other day in our game <laughs> not, to make sure i didn't steal the kill that had been husbanding look, for, for most of the look, session
1: jeremy it's only because you play characters that just
0: really
1: get on my nerves
0: so, they That's what they do. They're meant to get the final blow. They don't ha-
1: no. They don't ha- no. But they don't have to be jackasses. That's the problem. I, I feel oh. like I don't want you to take the kill because you're just so annoying.
0: <laughs> it's not about the character. It's about me as a person.
1: No, no, no. It is about yeah. the character.
0: <laughs>
1: but anyway, yes. I no, you is so annoying. protective of. I do get a little protective of. Um, of of getting the kill. Um, Yes. Sometimes. um, Look, I get a bit too into the game sometimes, but that's okay. That's that's kind of what you want, right?
0: Now, because combat is such a a large part of it, I mean, Wednesday isn't really a show that's combat heavy.
1: Mm -hmm. It's not really
0: action heavy. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering where's the appeal for you in that? Because this is much more of a social thing, like a a social Um... investigation show. Yep. So is that something that you find more appealing in fiction than you do in role-playing games?
1: Um, no, look, I still very much enjoy, it's tricky. I feel like when we get onto a good social encounter, you know, mm-hmm. where we're really just having a gab in character about nothing and I can tell other players and maybe even at the DM is getting a little bit frustrated yeah <laughs> i'm i get right into that i'm more than happy to, to delve to jump into that character and you know and and hash something out with with someone socially so i do you still really enjoy... tell the truth <laughs> i do still really enjoy the social aspect um so I, I definitely enjoyed that in wednesday um and i and i like the i guess the investigative nature um You know, I I do often like some of the riddles that we we're given by our DM. Um, So I do enjoy I do enjoy that. Um, But I I think I am just going to say, and this is going to sound really shallow, but (laughs) if you've listened to um, a previous season I was involved with, which was Motherland uh, Fort Salem, um, I readily admit that I am very shallow. I am that that viewer that wants to watch pretty faces and not not get those pretty faces bloodied up and bruised and um you know etc uh if okay. if jenna ortega was not playing wednesday i don't know if i would have enjoyed it as much and that's i guess not just based on her appearance um you know she does such a she's wonderful job she's, this character. Very yes, she's a wonderful actress and um yeah she does such a good job with wednesday but i just i wonder if that is what a lot of the appeal was for me. Um,
0: I mean, we'll, t- t- putting aside the whole idea of hurt comfort, which is like a big thing in in fiction. That idea of yes, you get someone beaten up, and then their their love interest very tenderly repairs them. Um, sorry, sidebar there. Um, <laughs> there was. I feel that anyone they cut ca- like anyone they cast might not have had the same acting ability as Jenna Ortega. I feel that they probably would have had the same look.
1: Look, you're probably right in this day and age, I feel. I feel you, yeah, you probably are right. Um but Yeah, I mean I guess it's hard to hard to say without seeing anyone else's take on the character. Oh,
0: um and they did well the fact that you haven't that the the classic nineties Adams family was your Adams mm-hmm. family. Yes. And it seems like you haven't really delved into any of the movies, animated shows um since then. No. Yeah. So correct. it is very much correct. this was a great casting. It looked like a good show rather than the Adams family yeah, well, I didn't... concept is a great one for you.
1: Definitely. Like I definitely um I loved the '90s movies. I thought they were so funny. Watched them as a kid and thought they were hilarious. And thought Christina and Ricky's Wednesday was amazing. I mean, who doesn't love just like a sarcastic, snarky, you know, does whatever she like wants kind of girl? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so I, they're definitely that love for those movies got me interested in what. Once I heard they were making a TV show, that definitely was what sparked that interest. Um, I was previously a General Taker fan before Wednesday so that also when she was cast sparked further interest Um, but it definitely wasn't it, it was more just to see I guess it was more to see what they did and I actually didn't watch it from as soon as it came out. I was a bit late to the party I think but once I sort of started like it's bloody blew up when it came out you know everyone yeah. was talking about it and putting clips up and you know just going on about how good it was so it was kind dance of like oh well, sequence, shit I basically. better I was well, the dance sequence yeah but which rightly so it was pretty cool um but I was like oh I better jump on board so mm-hmm. I, I definitely had my interest sparked but you know there wasn't I guess there wasn't enough of a pull until it actually people were talking about how good it was um
0: yeah I, I was the same, I will say, that I saw previews for it. I saw trailers for it. I'm like, yeah, it looks interesting. When I get a chance, yeah, I'll look- see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first two weeks, everyone is talking about everyone Everyone's saying, this is yeah. amazing. I'm like, oh, well, yeah. probably should watch it then. <laughs> yeah. and, and some friends actually said, oh, some friends in England said, if you don't watch it, we're not going to be friends with you anymore. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm watching it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so even though the, I guess to come back to your original question, even though there isn't that much action or combat, um, there's still quite a few things about it that I enjoyed. Um, And, yeah, I think, I feel like that's the thing, is it appeals, there's a lot of different aspects of it that appeal to different people. I think that's why it sort of resonated with so many people.
0: I think that's kind of the thing that has a problem, well, not a problem with this podcast, because this podcast is flawless, (laughs) <laughs> but a problem D and D as a way of adapting existing stories that combat is such a heavy part of D and D that if this was a D and D based show, the combat between Crackstone and Wednesday at the end, and between Enid and Tyler at the end, it would have been much heavier. Like that mm-hmm. would have been the entire episode, basically. Mm. And it's all building up to that whereas we get a lot more just stuff happening people running around and it just yeah i just i feel it's not really a D show it's just a show um and because that's the way the combat works in D, like it's very brief but you yeah. know, it doesn't feel brief because it takes three hours to do
1: <laughs> yeah especially if you've got a, a large group but yes yeah. um definitely
0: yeah i was, I was leading towards another question that we've got uh this is from crystal parsnip um <laughs> which basically says so many clues and misdirections and framing of brooding artists uh is dnd a satisfying way to have mysteries such as the one from wednesday and i was just thinking not really honestly because you just kind of do a couple of checks and then the mystery solved
1: Yeah, and it's also like in a TV show like this, you know, you can have things, you know, maybe little clues, for example, happening in the background or in, you know, slightly off centre of the, you know, where the camera's sort of facing, um, you know, for the viewer to sort of pick up as they, as they go. But if you're playing D&D, you know, your DM is obviously describing everything to you, but... You, t- you sort of get, I think you you get used to your d uh, your d <laughs> You get used you to your DM and you get used to your DM and the way that they describe and explain things. So I feel like if they were to try and drop in certain clues for you to pick up on, you're kind of going to know that it's like, it's a it's a clue, you know, like quote, you know, quotation marks. Um, because I feel like you'll, you'll be like, Oh, like that's different. You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna look into that. Um, yeah. you know, it's it's hard it's, it's for them idea. to kind of bury it in the description and and make it sort of unobtrusive.
0: Yeah. It's that idea of you walk into a room and you see that the doorway has got this and the table's like that, and there's a wind blowing through the curtains, it's like, why did you say the curtains? I better go check out the curtains.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like and, why did he make you know reference to that? Oh, well, it must be important. You know, let's check that out. So I think it is yeah. very, very difficult to to have a mystery like like in Wednesday.
0: There's been a couple of things I've seen recently where I'm can't remember. I think it might have been Matt Colville and it might have been Super Geek Mike on YouTube. Um, then one of them might have been talking about the other, but they were saying might have been Ginny D. I can't remember. I watch a lot of YouTube. last week it's all kind of a blur right now but they were talking about how if it's something that's a guaranteed success like let's say they're going to someone's searching a a desk and they go i want to find what's on the desk they don't even roll for it they're just like you find everything on the desk but if they're looking for like secret compartments they need to say well i'm going to check underneath and like check the drawer to false bottoms and then they get to roll for it
1: yeah Yeah.
0: And you got to be more specific. Even, yeah, you got to be a little more specific about why you're looking for these things and how you're looking for these things rather than just, I go into the room and I check for secret doors. It's like, well, how exactly do yeah. you check for secret yeah. doors? Because there's so many ways of doing that. Do you pull all the books alongside? And if they <laughs> off yeah. the, the shelf, and it's like, if they say I'm going to pull all the books off the shelf looking for a, for a trigger to open a secret door, I'm not going to make them roll for it because they've said that's how it works. I know that's how it works. And it's like, great, the door opens. And I, I feel that that's the kind of thing that the game master has more control of through description. Mm-hmm. Like, I really want to run a game where it's much more of a dungeon crawl, where it's like, great, you walk into a room. These are the dimensions of the room. I tell you nothing else. You have to ask questions from now on. Hmm. And that way, it's like, is there a well? Yes, there is a well. Is can I get down there? Yes, you can. And just have them become like every room would become a puzzle in that regard.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. that's You have that's no true. idea
0: what's in there until you actually ask about it and look around for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like I can sense some problems though.
0: Yeah, I can sense <laughs> a few problems with that as well already. I just <laughs> want to do it.
1: Um Yeah, look, it's an interesting idea.
0: Yeah. I feel mysteries do, it's something I don't want to mislead players when I'm running a mystery, or even when I'm running a surprise. I've got one game where the villain pretends to be someone that the the characters have met earlier. And just before the reveal, I make a point of describing the person that they saw originally at the start of the adventure, but I change one element of the description. Okay. Okay. And- like, this is, I'm trying not to, to spoil it. Basically, I say something like, okay, when you, for, well, when they come in the very first time, like, they're dressed, they've got, you know, breeches, doublet, they don't have a sword, but the person they're with has got a sword. And then at the end of the adventure, when they see the person disguised them, I'm like, yeah, they dressed exactly the same way they were yesterday. Breeches, doublet, sword. Ah. And it's just that little thing of, they didn't have a sword yesterday. Yeah. Like that's something that you wouldn't notice if you like it's been a day and a half since you last saw them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I'm not misleading them because I'm not saying, hey, this is exactly how it's it's, it's a little bit of that gaslighting feel. I'm going, No, they've yeah. got to this. But also that's why you should start to what question what's going on. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, totally. That's and cool. it's
0: not just oh, I'll roll an insight check and see if they're the same person. It's like, well, <laughs> you you look at them; they look the same. Yeah, yeah. And even down to um, there's someone with them who's a fake, like a, pri- a wizard dressed as a priest. And I say, you see someone standing there; he's dressed in the robes of a priest. I don't say there's a priest there. I say yeah. he's dressed in the robes of a priest. Mm, mm-hmm. So that that kind of use of language just gives them in the information but doesn't make them question the information yeah that's true really look at it, yeah it's like well you can see out the window and it looks like you can see to the the end of the street but it's actually a painting or something <laughs> yeah so i don't know i don't know if that was helpful or useful but i think that in answer to the question originally yes D can be a satisfying way to have mysteries um, but you got to work at it.
1: Yeah. It's tricky.
0: Yeah. Um, and, oh, coming up with mysteries, here's another one from, uh, Pilgrim Hat. Um, did you feel like Crackstone was a real threat from the beginning of the series? No. No, me either. I mean, I don't think
1: he's even mentioned at the
0: start, is he? You don't think he's mentioned the second episode, I think?
1: Fuck, it's the second episode when they go to Pilgrim World.
0: Um, No, it's the third, because the second episode is the Poe Cup, right? Oh, my God. I don't know. You know what? I've got notes. I don't remember what I
1: did yesterday, Jeremy. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's true. I had a shocking day yesterday. Well, actually, I could get up till two. It was great. Uh, (laughs) There's the crypt, right, that they've got to run to in the cup. Isn't oh, it that yeah, that's true.
1: Crypt? Yeah, yeah, possibly. Mm.
0: Yeah, so, so no, always...
1: anyway, no, I didn't, uh, did not make any connections or have any suspicions at all.
0: No, and it always seems to be the monster and whoever's controlling the monster or there's some other force. Crackstone's just kind of a secondary thing. Mm. Like, is also there and was a problem for Goody. And... Mm. You think that's why he's not the the final villain in the in the show? Like he's dealt with pretty. He's the the most powerful, but not the one that they should be worried about.
1: Um, wait, what do you mean? Well,
0: he's his he purpose is to misdirect everyone. The... What, what what is he basically?
1: I still would have. I still would have said that he was the. Um, that he was the. I don't know for want of a better word, the final boss battle. Like, like I know. Um, I know Thornhill comes out afterwards, and then they have yeah. to fucking sick, sick bees on her. But I still feel like Crackstone was the the you know BBEG the the final the final boss battle.
0: I'd say he's the final boss battle, but he's not the villain. Like he's not the one pulling the strings. He's not the one that's set well, everything in motion for the series. Well,
1: no, but they're they're He's doing kind of the like, MacGuffin for it. Like Christina Ricky's doing it for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But he doesn't I mean, really have that much big...
0: agency in his own own release.
1: No, but once he's released, he does.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but that's the equivalent of, okay, cool, I've summoned this giant demon and now the demon's going to fight you. And it's like, all right, but I kind of need to kill you as well because you've been summoning demons.
1: No, totally. I get that. But then normally in that scenario that you're describing, you then, you get rid of the fucking demon and then you've got to go after the demon summoner because they're like an evil wizard sorcerer or whatever with powers. But that wasn't Thornhill. Do you know what I mean? She just came out with a gun
0: afterwards. Yes, the power of guns. (laughs)
1: so I feel like like I understand what you're saying but I feel like Thornhill you know yes she was still just like an added obstacle but I you know I almost feel like it's um I don't know like you kill like the final boss and then it's like I don't know he's like a giant spider and then when the spider dies a couple of little baby spiders come out you still got to stomp on them like that's kind of what Thornhill was the baby spider and I know See, honestly, she raised him. I know she got the monster yeah. and she raised him and all that sort of stuff. So I do think she was super important, but I still feel like I would call Crackstone the villain. Okay. Oh, I don't know. The more I talk about it, the more I doubt.
0: <laughs> I don't know. changing anything. your mind. <laughs> <With> your <pressure. laughs> no, I, I kind of like those sort of villain reveals, villain boss fights. Mm-hmm. where you have someone who isn't powerful by themselves and does just have like magic or something and they're able to bring someone who's so much more powerful into the table onto the table and then once that person's defeated and the party's actually a lot more weakened that's when the the weaker villain comes out and you've got to deal with them oh yeah like that whole like she's got she got the power of guns now it's like, yeah, <laughs> and Wednesday can't stop that because she's dropped her sword and she's on the other side of the clear, or the other side of the, the pentagram. So no, it's,
1: I, mean, I suppose, well,
0: she's in a bit of trouble now. If Eugene hadn't shown up, and yeah,
1: in, I mean, she probably would have found a way. <laughs>
0: No, she probably would have found a way. I mean, that's kind of Wednesday's thing. But it's also, it feels to me a little bit more realistic in that regard, that sometimes the monster or sometimes the villain that's causing all these problems is just some jerk.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's not always, like, Sauron or Vecna or some cackling (laughs) evil that you have to defeat. It's like, no, it's just the Mm. guy that opened the book.
1: Yeah. I suppose.
0: Um, And speaking of opening the book and magics and things like that, uh, we've got another question from Ritual Caster. Mm -hmm. Um, This one has, uh, there was no explanation for how the resurrection worked, either of Crackstone or Goody's healing of Wednesday. Uh, Do you prefer being told how the spells and magic work uh, and the mechanics of it in the world, or just accept that it does?
1: Um, I like to just accept that it does and I like to be I like to have the answer being magic (laughs) um you know like I don't want to I don't want to think too much about it I don't want to poke holes in in what's happened um you know Goody was able to resurrect her because they're the same bloodline they've got the same powers and something about a locket and (laughs) something something about the locket and blah 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 blah. you know so then magic (laughs) Um, And, you know, the resurrection, there was, like, mining or something, and then there was, like, body parts and, like, weird jars, like, and something, something, magic, and then that's what happens. So I'm more than satisfied with that.
0: So if this was a role-playing game and you wanted to bring back someone who had died with magic, would you then want to be like, okay, it's going to be the same way as they brought Crackstone back?
1: Well, no, because I know that there's people that can do some revivify or some some spell. Yeah,
0: you just get fester with his like little lightning bolt fingers.
1: No, but in D&D there is...
0: Yeah, there do you is. know what I mean? Well, like, he... So why I would I try f- to
1: find someone who can do that and then if they can do it, then great. If they can't, then I'm, you know, generally I resign myself once people die that they're dead in D&D.
0: Yeah, I do as well, usually, honestly. Um, this is something that I, I feel I agree with our our game master, um, Ben Burn of Ghostfire Gaming. Shout out to, to Ben there. Um, where I want magic to be that bizarre, unknowable thing for a lot of characters. A lot of the time I don't want it to be mechanized and to have all the rules Mm -hmm. and it's like, if you put Mm -hmm. this spell on top of this spell, you get this spell. Mm. Sort of that everyone kind of knows. And that almost boils down to I don't like the mechanics of the game dictating how the world operates like mm-hmm. honestly no from wednesday i'm quite happy for them not to explain in detail how crackstone was brought back because they gave us enough detail there was a magic book there was a blood moon there was like weird oh, yeah, jars was... with body parts yeah, and there was yep. like the blood of the person who put him away like mm-hmm. cool yep you seem to yep. have done a bit of research into this you know you know about that yeah i agree with that And then Wednesday's little resurrection healing, I was not on board with. I was like, no, no indication that that should work. No, like I'm super glad that she was able to be healed, but it felt like lazy riding. They're like, we need to get her back on her feet and up to the thing. So there's no indication before that. Whereas the other one was like, yeah, you need Crackstone back. There's a ritual. Ta da, it's done. It's literally the same thing, but for some reason, I accept one and not the other.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: And I feel that that's a little bit of what I want D&D to be like. I want it to accept. And it's like, yeah, if you've got the trappings, if you've gone out and hunted the dragon eye and you've done this and you've done that, Mm. yeah, that spell Mm -hmm. probably works for that person. But if I do it, maybe it'll work. I don't know. Mm. I don't know about magic. Weird shit. Yeah. And it's not because, oh, I've got this spell book that I know that these things create a fireball. I want, I want magic to feel special and to be out of the ordinary for it. Um, yeah. So I yeah, feel, yeah, and not just be, a, not
1: just a scientific formula.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'd rather be just told magic works, and I will get access to some magic, and I know how that. Like my character will know that that works because that's what they've mm-hmm. done. Mm. But other people's magic, sure, that works for them. It, it's mm. something else. Hmm. Oh, that felt like a bit of a rant, to tell the truth. Uh,
1: no, <laughs> no, it was fine. It was good.
0: Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, I don't have a segue for the next part. Uh, for the next question. Okay,
1: how about this? Jeremy, is there any more questions from our lovely viewers? Listeners. There
0: Listeners. are. So our lovely viewers. Our viewers <laughs> are everywhere. <laughs> we do have a couple more questions. Um, This one's from Jean. Um... I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I've gone for the French mise-en-scene version. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I got picked up on that.
0: Yes, that's right. Everyone else did as well. Uh, (laughs) The brooding atmosphere of Nevermore and the stunning visual appearance of Wednesday and Enid adds so much to this series. How do you emphasize something about your character to make their scenes, scenes seem more visual? That's a good question.
1: Oh, that's a tricky question.
0: Yeah. Like so how I kind of kind of see what they're the saying because scenes seem more visual. Like I'm thinking in the shots when Wednesday and Enid are having their discussions in the room, it's always mm. that long shot of them on, like facing each other, and you've got the big window in the background.
1: Yeah, yeah. Of like, With like the contrast that's so, of the rainbow and the black and white. Yeah,
0: yeah. And like that's every single discussion they have. And how do you kind of get that that feeling? From when it's just you talking to the the game master as an NPC.
1: I don't know if you can. Yeah. Because Yeah, I don't know. That's really tricky.
0: I think it comes down to that description idea again. You kind of have to add little bits in to remind people this is what's what's happening. Like um, it helps if you've got character art that you can like put a little picture of yourself in front of you on the table or yeah. picture of the character, or or miniatures or something like that. But also, I like to have uh, one thing that the character wears or does that I just kind of drive into the ground, being like, this is the thing that you should think of when you think of this person. Mm-hmm. And whether it's, like, facial hair or, you know, a tick, like they wink too yeah. much or they click their teeth or something. <laughs> like, just what, to... Um-
1: what would you say Emmett's is?
0: He's a very good dresser.
1: Right. Okay. Okay. So his fashion sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like he, he, well, I wouldn't say his fashion sense. He dresses expensively.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Like that that's his thing. He goes for the best looking stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's kind of his thing. Like he's like, yeah, I'm going to look really good in it. And I, I don't know. Probably want to remember every time we've had to go through sewers, he's complained about it. Like, I really don't want to go in there because I'm dressed very nicely. I've got I spent a lot of money on these shoes.
1: Yeah, okay. Mm, and it's like, cool. he's
0: quite happy to dress down as well, but it's also like, well, I've got these nice things, so why am I having to do that? Yeah. And I think that's something you can, that's just kind of a general appearance thing about it because I feel, like you were saying, there's no way you can create, like, the iconic looks of a Tim Burton show. Like, the amount of black and white lines just in general. Your, your game master <laughs> is going to be going over time to just try to describe all the...
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: I mean, even the, um the what do you call it? the the art studio that Xavier has. Mm. Like, a description for me for that would be you describe the monster in detail and you say there's lots of pictures around but you wouldn't get the sense that there's pictures everywhere. Yeah. Like small ones and big ones and ones of like other stuff, but just like that hauntingness of it.
1: Yeah. Not unless, again, not unless the DM just talked and talked and talked, you know, um, Mm. to describe every single possible spot, you know, where the pictures are. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: mm.
0: I wonder, here's something that I'll ask you. When it comes to like a location, like Nevermore itself, mm-hmm. so a lot of the establishing shots of Nevermore, you get to see that big, what is it, the Widow's Walk, and you get to see like the towers and like the, the fact that it's a big mansion in the middle of a forest. Mm. Would you like it if every time a, des- a place was described, like after the description came up, there was a little, I don't know, like an iPad or something, like a screensaver where it's just got a picture of the area or an inspirational image of it?
1: Um. I think it would be cool, but I also myself don't necessarily, I wouldn't find it necessary. Um, I I tend to um, really try to focus on the DM's descriptions and, and paint that picture in my mind. Um, I get lost whenever he starts talking about directions north, south, north, south east, west, map, you lost me. You know, I, <laughs> I can't deal with that. Um, but when he's describing, for example, say we've entered a cave or, you know, we've, you know, entered a citadel or whatever, when he's describing that and what we can see, I definitely try to visualize that. Um, similar to, I guess, when I'm reading a book. Um, anything i read i try to visualize and so i think for me for myself i wouldn't find those pictures necessary um it it certainly could be cool i guess to see um to see you know say the inspiration maybe or um but yeah i i also don't i also don't need it so i don't know
0: (laughs) I think it does, it comes in handy for me a little bit. Like, the the sequence that we're in at the moment, we're going through the secret tunnel under the mountains. And yeah. it's been so, for those who know Avatar, uh, the last airbender, just think about how hard it has been for me for the last three weeks not to just scream out, secret tunnel, secret tunnel, through the mountains, <laughs> secret, 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 secret tunnel, every single time it's mentioned. <laughs> It's like two people who get that joke and I don't care. Uh, <laughs> the way the the game master's been describing it, I've really like enjoyed it. It felt like a very Moria, like this mm. dark mm-hmm. old mine with like fiery lights and everything. And then all the descriptions, like I felt went into that. That it was like this natural cave that had kind of been hollowed out and turned into into this dwarven citadel. And then he showed me a map of it. And I was like, oh,
1: that's the thing
0: I imagined. Yeah, I, yeah I see that's, like the, that's
1: the problem, right? Yeah, like if yeah. you're imagining it yourself, if you then see a picture, it can really, I guess, throw you off and you're like, oh, that actually wasn't the direction I was going at all. And now I'm like, oh, that's weird. Um, yeah, so it, it can almost work against, I guess, your, um, your your own visuals of something.
0: I find it interesting as well because our Game Master in particular uses a lot of minis. And he will use a description of a monster before we see it. or oh, sorry, before we see the mini that's directly from the mini.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like the miniature will be, he'll go down to, and there's like this pouch on its side, and it's got like a head hanging <laughs> out of it. And it's like, yeah. yes, you know this, because you've got the thing right in front of you. That's mm-hmm. exactly how it looks. And then he puts it down. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I was picturing because you described it in such detail. Yeah. So. I feel like that can be something really helpful. If you describe it, and then you have this exact thing that you can then show them and it matches yeah. so all the yeah. things that you will. like, so I'm sure about that, that now. And...
1: Yeah. That's always cool. When he then brings it out and you're like, Oh, like, you know, like it always, I feel like even though he has described it really well, it always looks cooler, I suppose, in mini form. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that,
0: this, that's, this fun. is going into our psychology, our physiology and our brains that the miniature fills in the gaps that we couldn't get from the description.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like he can say it's this tall. but It's like, well, okay, how tall is that? I don't know. But when he puts it down in comparison to our miniatures, yeah. we now get a, the size. Mm-hmm. We go, oh, that looks so much cooler. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I definitely didn't just rant at you about that.
1: Stop saying that you're ranting. I don't think you're ranting. ranting. I think you're talking. I, ran, pas- I think you're talking passionately.
0: <laughs> Listeners, I have COVID and I'm a bit bloopy at the moment. <laughs> um, let's wrap it up with one last question. This is coming from Yet to Graduate. Um, romance is such a big part of teen shows. Do teen characters need to have romantic entanglements since it is such a big, a large part of real world adolescence?
1: Um, okay. I have two thoughts. Okay. My first thought is yes, but um, I myself am a a massive romantic. I love shipping characters. Um, so I'm always for romances, uh, in shows. However, there definitely I think needs to be more representation of um you know asexual and aromantic people and characters um so so I think you need to find the balancing act like don't have a romance just for the sake of it even though I would fucking love it um I feel like it's better if it's if it means something and if it's you know, I don't know. That's really tricky because I'm very much all for it, but I also think that, you know, we're trying to be better at representing, you know, how diverse we are as, you know, as humans. Um, so I feel like that can't be forgotten as well, is that we need to represent
0: the, yeah. you know. Um... I think, I think you've, you've hit kind of a nail square on the head that it is such a... Fun thing to have ships, mm-hmm. but having that representation is a lot more important. Yeah, that I've had a game, I run a, a game quite regularly where the people you're trying to save are two women who want to get married. Mm-hmm. And I was running the game for a group of uni students who were probably 19, 20, just out of high school. And afterwards, one of them came to me and said, I was so glad that you rep- said these two people are queer and no one blinks an eye at it. Mm. Like the point is that their families don't get along. It's not the fact that they're queer. Mm. That's why they're, they're having problems getting married. And just, they, they said, it's just so nice to have that representation without any commentary on it, that it's just mm-hmm. there, normal and everyone accepts it. And it's kind of that, like just have it there and don't force people into it. That yeah. being said, is Wednesday asexual? I hope not. <laughs> I don't no think so.
1: I don't think so because I feel like she seemed into the kiss with Tyler before she had a vision.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like I she feel
1: like she's e-
0: afraid of her fe- Sorry, I said maybe she was just experiencing a new sensation. That doesn't mean she was into it.
1: Look, I I feel like she's afraid of her feelings and afraid mm. of being vulnerable. And I feel like that was a lot of why she was hesitant with Tyler. But I still, as much as I ship her and Enid, and as much as I hate Tyler because he talks so annoyingly, I still Mm. feel like she seemed a bit into the kids. Yes. So so I would say I do not think she is asexual or aromantic. Um, Aromantic? Aromantic. A, I'm not sure. I apologise if I've got it incorrectly. Um, Aromatic. <laughs> um So yeah, so I yeah, and also like I don't want her to be because I want her to end up with Enid, so you know, yeah,
0: you know
1: how it is. And she
0: will. It's difficult yeah. to, to not imagine her ending up with Enid. Theirs is a forever love. They just work <laughs> together. It's, it's canon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think she is either. I don't think she's into Xavier at all. I think yeah, that's...
1: Yeah, no. Nah.
0: I think... Yeah. I remember reading, like, a discussion about the fact that Enid and Wednesday had so much more chemistry, but for some reason they end up with boyfriends. I'm like, does she, though? Does Wednesday really end up with a boyfriend at the end of the series? Not really. series,
1: at the end of the series, no. Definitely not. No. But I do think at one point there was a brief moment where Tyler was her boyfriend.
0: Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> Um, <laughs> speaking of asexuality and that idea of relationships and dating, kind of bringing it back to RPGs for a moment, the idea of Monster Hearts, which I wanted to talk about so much more in this series and didn't because of reasons and I always forgot to, um, they have one of the moves that you can do in that, and this is like, I'll try to use a D&D for it, basically like a hide action. This is something everyone okay. can do when you're in a social encounter, you can make a role to turn someone on because you're all playing. And the idea is like, if they roll, if you roll correctly, they don't get a choice of whether they're turned on or not. You just get, then get an advantage on them. And that's the idea of when you're a teenager, you don't actually have control over that. (laughs) But they have made the point that if you're asexual, you're not turned on. But the person trying to do it does gain an advantage against you because they've made you feel uncomfortable.
1: Okay, okay, that's pretty
0: cool.: Yeah, and I was like that's that's some nice I well, I think it's ice um way of me- mechanizing mechan- manica- making it into the mechanics okay. of the game, this idea mm-hmm. of of adolescence and the romance and all the hormones and feelings that you feel.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Was that in it from the start or is that a new edition?
0: I believe that's a new edition. Yeah, yeah. I think because they did the first series of Monster Hearts and then they did an updated edition. I think it may have been even added for, onto the second edition. hmm And it certainly was from listening to the feedback from the community saying, hey, that won't always work on asexuals.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But I, I think it's such a great idea, and particularly that idea of, even if your character's identifying as straight, if someone tries to turn you on and it works, like, well, now i got to think about some things. Because <laughs> that's what teenager is. But again, yeah. the romance is you don't, it is kind of a part of the teen character. I want to play a teen character who kind of falls in love like 16 times a day. The total boy crazy <laughs> one is <laughs> like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. Didn't you see someone last week? Yeah, but they, that's all news now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're gross now. Yeah, they're gross. Did you realize that they got only like one horse? I'm thinking particularly of um, Jester from The Mighty Nine, who, mm. for, yeah, I feel that like she's like 18 or so, but she's lived most of her life, like, very sheltered, but knows a lot about sex because her mother's a sex worker, but doesn't know much about actual romance, so is obsessed with, like, romance novels.
1: Hmm
0: and just that idea of very much looking for the connection and falling in love with people and like, Oh my gosh, you're amazing. And I've got all these, these heartstrings and things, but also being very worldly in other areas. Hmm. That's such a, when it comes to, to teen romance or romance in games, that's what makes me think of it. Hmm. I don't know that we jumped all over the place with this episode, but that's what a wrap up should be. <laughs> We're just Wrapping following the mine, questions. Yeah, it's like wrapping up a mummy where you're just going around and around and around and around and around, and around until it's completely covered.
1: Mm-hmm, yep.
0: hmm yep. That's what I do on my podcast. Um, <laughs> is, is there anything else you wanted to bring up or mention about this show? Anything, oh, that's right, we didn't, oh, that's the thing we always do. We're going to talk about what do we see coming for the second season?
1: Oh, yeah, okay. Um, hopefully some more Wednesday Enid progression. Makeouts, um, yes. Okay, so surely something's going to happen with Bianca and her mum.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I reckon he's going to be for that. I reckon Tyler's going to make an more... appearance.
1: Yeah, yeah, I reckon Tyler will make an appearance. I reckon Xavier's father might come into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of crossing my fingers that Thornhill's still around because we technically didn't, you know, I know you said that Wednesday... Curb stomped her face, but we didn't really yeah. see it. We just saw a boot. Could have been to make her unconscious. So, anyway, I'm crossing my fingers. She she comes around. They love um, that. But yeah. Me. Yeah. I reckon I feel like Bianca's mom will come. Ooh, ooh, something will happen with them. I reckon something to do with Xavier's dad. And, I don't know, just more mystery, murder, and mayhem at the Nevermore Academy.
0: Because the series ended with someone like sending Wednesday photos?
1: Oh my god! I forgot. We literally just talked about it last week. Yes, yeah. that's. Although, did we actually even mention that?
0: No, I we didn't. because it was. <laughs> it's like it was, it was so clearly sequel bait. It's like it didn't matter until yeah. next season. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. So she gets photos, and then basically saying, "Oh my god, what does it even say? I can't remember. I'm watching you. But yeah. I don't even know. Yeah,
0: I'll we'll be seeing you or something like that. But the photos are of her and Xavier, and her and Tyler.
1: Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And, yeah, which means there's obviously not one of them.
0: And it's also sent to her phone, which she only just received from Xavier.
1: Yeah, that's kind of weird.
0: So I reckon that's someone we haven't been introduced to. Um, yeah. Because yep. you don't reveal, like, that. there's not enough people in it to be setting it up now. Um, unless it's Kent, that dick.
1: Nah, God, I can't be Kent. Mm. But yeah, I reckon that'll be one of the one of the main or maybe the initial mystery is she's trying to work out who Yeah, the initial, if not big mystery is is who's behind that and what do they want,
0: maybe. Yeah, I reckon the first episode will start with someone trying to kill her again. <laughs> the way that um that Rowan did like knocking a gargoyle or something onto her. And yeah. then she'll be like, someone's after me again. I'm going to have to figure <laughs> out who. And there'll be, like, a very slow burn other mystery going on in the background, which will eventually yeah. come to tie in with both. Yeah,
1: that we might not even realise is a mystery and, you know, might not even yeah. realise it's building. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, yeah, we've got to work that out.
0: Yeah. I reckon that's what it'll be. I reckon we've yep. done it pretty we'll, well. And I reckon... Lock it in. ...in some way. Oh, really? Yeah. I think they... They need to get Gwendolyn Christie back. She's just too I know, good.
1: I know, but they've they really like they really killed her.
0: <laughs> uh, twin sister.
1: Ooh, I like principal. Who didn't get geez. to go to Nevermore
0: with Morticia because you know, if you're shapeshifters, do you really want to have a twin?
1: Well, I mean, why not?
0: I don't know. I just thought it'd be weird.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, no, I'm down. Look, I'm down for more Gwendolyn Christie, definitely. So yeah, yeah. if that happens, that would be great.
0: That's that's our predicts. Um, mm-hmm. I guess if we get it right, then hooray. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I think that's kind of it. Uh, if you enjoyed the series, if you have been inspired by Wednesday to start your own little gothic high school game, um, shoot us an email. <laughs> Tell us about it. The email address is dndntvpod at gmail.com. Or you can do at the same thing. That's not really right. At dndntvpod at Instagram to see uh, some some screenshots from the thing, but I answer questions there as well. Um, thank you for listening. This has been a fun season to talk about. Uh, thank you for coming on and being a guest, Elise. You know, it's been a weird few, few recording weeks for us. <laughs>
1: You are very welcome. It has been fun. And I always learn something. I learn more about D&D from these conversations, which is great.
0: That's good. And we are going to play Monster Hearts at some point. Definitely. Yeah. Or a different high school game. (laughs) Maybe kids on brooms. Maybe masks. We'll find out. Well, someday, when we actually have time off from D&D, we'll do that. Uh. (laughs) Someday. Uh, This uh, this series is brought to you by Masters of Alchemy, the premier game mastering service of Melbourne. Uh, If you would like to book us, uh, go to mastersofalchemy.com. You can also see me and a couple of other dungeon masters from Masters of Alchemy at Supernova in Melbourne Uh, on April the 22nd. We're going to be doing a panel of how to start DMing. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever podcasts are found. You can do it in app. That's what other people say. So I'm going to start saying it too. And <laughs> uh, tell your friends. That's probably the best way because you know what they like and your recommendation means more to them than an algorithm recommendation, which is actually what the ratings of the the podcast apps do. They just give you an algorithm and recommend stuff that might be like what you like. So, yeah, tell your friends if you enjoyed this and you want them to listen to it as well. But until next time, um, stay safe, be kind to yourselves. Well, the week off before the next series starts. Uh, so we won't see you next Wednesday, but may all your hits be crits.
1: Bye.